on diabetes. All right, that uh, will do it here for our first hour on Car Radio. We are live from Daytona. We're going to take a break, and on the other side, uh, we'll, we'll tell you more about what's going on down here as the starts of the 24 hours of Daytona. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. My 38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My 38, we are offering a great special 100 spots for $600. This offers for a 30 day ad placement. Please contact Mike Z for more information at 248 357 4566. 248 357 4566 or email at mikez at the word network.org. This excludes political ads. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 100 spots for $600 with a must-air-within-30-day policy, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Mike Z at 248-357-4566 or email at M-I-K-E-Z at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, you need The Word Network. WFDF Farmington Hills, Detroit, 910 AM Superstation, a division of Adele Media. If great programming and pure excitement is what you want, 910 AM is what you need. I'm Henry Payne. You are on car radio. We're joined by Ron Warner, one of the best auto journalists out. Fundamentally, you're just trying to get to the limit of the tire. You're just looking for that limit, and you just do your best to find it. I'm racing 14,000. Joined by Tom Kane. A quick car. Two of the best days in the park. The best car radio show in all of Michigan, and we got a great show for you today. On 910 AM Superstation. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producer and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Adele Media. Hi, welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM the Superstation, I am Henry Payne, auto columnist of the Detroit News, broadcasting live 
today from Daytona International Motor Speedway. The start of the 24 hours of Daytona is just minutes away. Uh, the cars will roll off at about 1.40 p.m. Uh, and start a grueling 24-hour race. It's really a 24-hour sprint race these days. Uh, these cars are so durable. Um, they have uh, 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 so, such uh, cutting-edge technology in them that the drivers can really hammer these brakes uh, and uh, powertrains uh, uh, hour after hour, uh, racing not far off of their qualifying times. So it's really exciting racing. Tends to be very close all 24 hours. Uh, strategies emerge, uh, obviously, as uh, time goes by and, and incidents occur in lap traffic or uh, uh, mechanical problems arise. But uh, it, it really is a breakneck pace here uh, for 24 hours. And, and uh, you know, the biggest uh, question marks will be the hybrid systems. They're unproven in um, – in a 24-hour race, we'll see how their durability is, and of course, tires are always a factor uh, given the uh, given the speed, the juice uh, these cars pull. We'll see what the tire wear is like up and down the field. But get ready for four classes of tremendous uh, racing here, uh, and we're going to uh, uh, we're going to uh, sign off here uh, from the live broadcast, so I can go uh, cover the start of this. Uh, uh, race, um, uh, but uh, but for the second hour here, we wanted to bring you some some great uh, racing footage from our archives. We've got three great uh, interviews uh, from our Best of Car Radio archives. We're going to start off uh, talking to IndyCar racer Scott McLaughlin when he was in Detroit uh, last year. Uh, came here for the Detroit Auto Show. He's actually on the grid here this year, racing a P2 car with uh, Joseph Newgarden. Uh, we're going to hear from Todd Lamb, who's the owner of a Honda TCR team that's actually no longer here this weekend, but uh, Todd's going to give us good insight into what it's like to run one of the Honda uh, TCR teams uh, that was what was racing around the track here yesterday, and we'll wind up the hour talking to Mark Rushbrook, uh, who is the head of Ford Performance, and, uh, and as you heard from Jim Owens, uh, 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 Ford is coming with a Mustang GT3 car late uh, uh, next year, and we're going to talk to him about the last GT3 car he ran, which was the uh, Ford GT, that interview uh, from a couple of years ago, Road Atlanta. So lots uh, coming up here this hour. Uh, I'm going to sign off, go cover some auto racing, enjoy our second hour of, uh, of, um, of interviews, and uh, here comes Scott McLaughlin, IndyCar star. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation, down at the Detroit Auto Show during uh, Public Week. Uh, great place to be. Come on down, check out the show. You got all, all the latest stuff from the uh, the Big Three. And uh, speaking of the Big Three, we got Scott McLaughlin with us, uh, who's with the Chevy Penske team. Scott, how are you? Good. How are you? Great to uh, have you down here. Putting a little international into the North American International Auto Show. We don't have a lot of international uh, automakers here with the show this year, but uh, you're here all the way from uh, Hamilton, New Zealand, yeah. checking out the Detroit show uh, for the first time. What, what do you think? Oh, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I've been used to some stuff over down under, you know, with the auto shows down there, which are similar size, but, you know, this is this is big. Obviously, you've seen the new EV technology from Chevy and, and um, all the brands for that 
matter. It's pretty impressive. You can see where the world's going in the next few years, which is important. And, uh, you know, to see this firsthand is, is great. But, um, yeah, I don't spend enough time here in Detroit. You know, it's Roger Penske's hometown, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here enough. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing uh, more of you next year as the Grand Prix comes yeah. downtown. And that, that's why you're here, to promote uh, next year's Detroit Grand Prix. We're at the Detroit uh, Grand Prix stand here uh, out in the lobby of, the, of Huntington Place uh, down, down here. And you've, got, uh, you've, you've taken a lap around the track. Uh, your first impressions are good. Yeah, look, I think it's on paper. You look at it and it's like, oh, that's, that's a little boring. But then you get out on track and you see, like, you know, how wide it is. You see, you know, the character and the, and, and, and the, the, the monuments that we go past, the Renaissance Center and, and stuff like that. It's going to be a really cool race. I think it's going to be a very unique race. I think uh, it's going to have a lot of buzz about it. You know, 55% of the, the track is free for people. So I think it's not only going to be great for IndyCar, but I think it's going to be great for Detroit. Um, so like, I'm really, really excited to be a part of it. And, you know, having Chevy be a part of it and supporting it, you know, obviously in the Motor City, it's, it's a big deal. So it, but we love we love Belle Isle. We did. And it was a lot of fun. But at the same time, it was time to move on. And, and I think this is a great place to do it downtown to Detroit. It's going to create a lot of buzz, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, it's different. It's fresh. Uh, I mean, coming from the uh, from the Aussie Supercar Series, I, I assume you guys were doing street courses. Yeah. Uh, does it uh, remind you of anything back home? Uh, it's hard to say. There's a place called Homebush. Uh, it, it, we used to go around the uh, Olympic Stadium in Sydney. Um, that, they're very similar, very, like, you know, sort of 90-degree sort of hairpin turns. Um, you know, lots of passing opportunities. A little bit of gradient as well that, that you know, you sort of went up and down a little bit. Um, you know, undulation. So it's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of character, and I think that's exactly what we need on a street circuit, and especially in an IndyCar series. It's going to be there's some sparks flying, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, uh, and I'm always intrigued, too, just about uh, the nexus here, not only between the Grand Prix and the Detroit Auto Show, but with the manufacturers. I mean, you're, you're racing an IndyCar uh, tremendous uh, series, I, I think the best open-wheel racing in the world, uh, but, but, but you're also representing uh, Roger Penske, who's a lo- local corporation here. You're representing uh, Chevrolet. You have Chevrolet engines behind you competing against uh, Honda. Uh, what do you think about that part of your job as being a brand representative? Yeah, look, I think the last few years of my job in Australia, you know, I represented a manufacturer there and then coming here to be a Chevy driver, it was, um, you know, it's been a, it's been an awesome, uh, you know, introduction into, you know, what is probably Chevy's, one of the, like you said, the big three, you know, it's part of the, part of that whole thing. So seeing that firsthand and, and being a part of that family is pretty cool and seeing what, you know, what resources they put behind being fast on the racetrack, but not only being fast, but learning what they need to do for their road cars. It's pretty important, awesome to see firsthand. Um, Roger asks a lot of us, you know, we promote the sport, we promote his brands, we promote, you know, his town, um, and, and, but that's, that's part of being a Penske driver, and I wouldn't want to drive for anyone else. So he's a, he's a, he's a top-notch guy and, and someone that's, um, yeah, for what he's achieved in, in sport and uh, in business, he's very down-to-earth and, and just a really nice guy. Yeah, I mean, he's very much a part of this town, a uh, very humble man. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah you, you, he's got a Midwest qualities to him. Yeah. I mean, you, you've spent a lot of time uh, in the Midwest. Uh, are you living in Indianapolis? Uh, I'm living in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, but um, we are sort of thinking about moving to Indianapolis just for it, a lot of our races around there. Um, I can, you know, I mean, if I want to, I can drive to Detroit quite easily. I can drive to St. Louis. I can drive Barber to one of our races in Alabama. Um, you know, it, it's a bit of a central point for us. Um, so there's there's a bit of consideration there from me and my wife. But the only thing that I struggle with is actually the cold. <laughs> so it's a little bit colder in Indianapolis, like kind of like Detroit. Uh, not maybe not like Detroit, but it, it's uh, you know something that I'm not used to. So that that, that takes a little bit to get used. To.
used to. That's why a lot of people are moving to North Carolina in this country, not, not just you. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're at this show, first Detroit show. You, you mentioned that uh, Melbourne's got a big show in Australia. Uh, compare the U.S. auto culture to the Australian auto culture. I mean, both both fanatical about auto racing, but uh, how are they similar? How are they different? Oh, look, I think Australia's taken a little bit more of a backseat the last few years because they have ceased a lot of their operations there. Um, so they're importing a lot of their cars now instead of manufacturing them. Um, so a lot of their plants have closed down. So the, the, the ultimate automotive landscape has changed a bit. It's still very popular. It's still um, a big deal, but there's a lot more imports coming in now where you have your Mustangs or you have your Silverados, you have your Camaros, you know, Corvettes, whatever. Um, you know, they're something that wasn't available before uh, because we had our Holdens. I don't know if you know the Holden and Ford, and you know, but they all were basically specific cars for the Australian market. Yeah, you had Ford Falcon over there. You had the Holden, Holden Commodore. Yeah, exactly. And so now that they're not built, we're getting a lot of the you know the, the American type stuff now rolling into the uh, into the market, which you know I think it's good for continuity and, and good for you know the the country and down under moving forward, just to you know get up with the times and move with the world and you know get to cars that are available all over the world now instead of just being stuck in their own little bubble. But um, yeah, it's it's. It's a different, definitely a different landscape. It's cool to be in the Motor City. Like, uh, like this is obviously the birthplace of many things, and uh, you know, to be here and, and to be representing Chevy is pretty cool. Yeah. Growing up, were you a V8 guy? I mean, uh, you know, America. Uh, you know, you know, you go to you go to Europe. There aren't a lot of V8s there, but I go to Australia, and uh, there, there's a, there's a V8 vibe there, just like there is in the United States. Because, like you say, the the Detroit Three have been in yeah. Australia for a long time. Yeah. Did you when you were growing up? up as a, as a kid, yeah. did you crave V8s? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard not to because over there, the sport is the national sport for motor racing is the V8 supercars. So, And that's what I raced in down there. And um, so I grew up idolizing just V8 supercars and being a V8. And my dad had V8 and, and my mom had a V8, like everyone did. So it's definitely like the landscape's changing as the world is. But, uh, you know, my heart's always with like, the V8 or um, and, and the old, you know, the old Holden Commodores or the HSV, which is the Holden special vehicles which is their, their top of the line brand which is which is an awesome awesome piece of machinery those cars yeah the uh, we were hanging out on the auto show going through the chevy display uh yeah a lot of lot of muscle there both electric and uh and internal combustion uh, we stopped by the uh, chevrolet corvette yeah. z06 exhibit um that's a car i think that you can win next year if you win the indy 500 that's right you know every year someone wins the indy 500 they get the the chevy pace car the z06 and uh you know or the z yeah whatever and it's uh it's um yeah very something that i'd want to put my hands on uh apparently it doesn't come with the lights and stuff but you can get them retrofitted i'll be doing that if i want to because i want to have the lights and everything go around town and you know have the sirens and everything going <laughs> and, I, and i think later today you get your first you get to drive it for the first time you guys are going out to milford uh, uh preparing for the charity event here uh next year and i and i think you're you're going to be uh one of the one of the auction items yeah um, i'm taking uh uh multimatics actually bought this through the the grand premiere um so obviously going to a really good cause and you know it was awesome to you know be able to come here and do that and to drive a 2023 you know z06 is pretty awesome um so 
so yeah, might, might get a little taste of what maybe I might own one day. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great afternoon. That's, a, that's an awesome track out there at Milford, a great place to uh, test the Z06 for the first time. Yeah. So, um, uh, Scott, you, you, you had a tremendous year this year, uh, breakthrough year, but uh, you're Rookie of the Year last year, coming over here to the United States for the first time. Uh, that had to be a, a big adjustment for you coming from uh, GT Cars, going to, to uh, uh, Formula Cars. But my kids and I watched you on Twitch before you ever, you know, during the COVID season, we watched you and you were so good on Twitch. Uh, did, did, did you find that that uh, helped expand your your uh, your fan base coming into the US? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I did the Indy Car Challenge and uh, and and yeah, broadcast it on Twitch. That's what we did. And I can uh, I don't I don't stream anymore, but it was a good way, yeah, for for Americans to sort of understand who I was and get to know me. I mean, a lot more people sort of know who I am now after winning here, but like certainly just to get an introduction to people, you know, know who my personality is and stuff was, that was a big thing. Um, but like moving to America, you know, I probably picked the worst time to do that. Like it was just like the COVID and um, I mean, there was elections going on, there was stuff going on everywhere. Um, you know, but I'm so happy I'm here. You know, it, this is the big leagues for me and, and I've always wanted to be here ever since I was a kid. You know, I've just grown up idolizing America and wanted to be a supercar driver first and I did what I, I wanted to achieve there. I won a championship and I won you know, I won a, the Bathurst 1000, which is our Indianapolis 500, for instance, and then, you know, the opportunity to come here to drive for Roger Penske is pretty pretty awesome, especially in this IndyCar team, you know, and, and uh, yeah, to be a part of this, the race in all different cities, Detroit, you know, we go to Toronto, we go, you know, everywhere. It's pretty awesome and, um, yeah, it's definitely a dream come true. Yeah, yeah they're you were talking about the, the V8s and the, the sort of the Detroit connection between the United States and Australia, there, there does seem to be an attraction here. We, Scott Dixon, obviously, uh, enormously successful in this market. As a New Zealander, you're following in his uh, in, uh, footsteps. Uh, a lot of times, uh, American drivers, you hear them talking about going to Europe, going to F1. In, in Australia, New Zealand, is there a lot as, as much talk about coming to North America as there is about Europe? Look, I think it's, it's split pretty well um, about people wanting to go to F1 or something, but I definitely think the last few years seeing the 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 you know how intense and and good the competition is in the IndyCar, um, yeah, I think that's that's what's you know excited everyone down under, and I think there's a lot of Kiwi drivers, a lot of Aussie drivers that are now switching their focus if they want to go to open wheelers or be in America, switching to IndyCar. Um, you know, I think it's 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 such a great format of racing. I think the country itself is awesome. You know, it's it's really cool to be here. It's not too much different to Australia, New Zealand. You know, America is very similar the culture wise, and you know, it's a big shift going to Europe. You know, I went to Europe for Christmas last year and it was just it was it's a different world there you know and um, you know being here in America even my wife said when she moved to Australia she really felt like it was very similar to Australia to, to America it was easy to fit in and and I found the same way going going back the other way yeah. well it's great having you here congratulations on a great season and uh, look forward to seeing you here at the Grand Prix next year yeah absolutely can't wait so thank you did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference, and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. 
You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh food. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside of Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code radio5. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM Car Radio, uh, hanging out at M1 Concourse, uh, best place to be in the Detroit area, our local racetrack. And um, I'm joined by Todd Lamb, who's the owner of Atlanta uh, Speedworks, um, who is uh, uh, one of the uh, three Honda race teams for the Honda Type R TCR. And uh, Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah, great, great to have you up here in Detroit. And um, you're from around here. You're you're an old Royal Oak guy. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I went to school up in Flint, Michigan, and uh, lived in the Detroit area for I don't know 15 or so years, and kind of kind of grew up after college in Royal Oak, so to speak, and uh, moved down to Atlanta about 15 years ago. Yeah, but just as, so as a kid, I mean, I, as, I grew up as a kid following racing, always wanted to race. Um, did you did you think as a, a kid you'd you'd, you'd be uh, owning a race team uh, at this point? Uh, honestly, no. I you know <laughs> as a kid I I, I raced go karts and you know always wanted to be a race car driver. I think that's you know a lot of a lot of boys' dream and yeah. uh, now girls' dreams. But uh, yeah, it was it was something that I always wanted to do. But you know reality kicks in when you realize it's a very expensive sport and. Uh, talent can only take you so far. So I ended up going to, to college and becoming an engineer and working in automotive for about 10 years and never really left racing, but somehow you know, kept coming back to it, kept, kept getting involved, and, and here we are having a race team and never was in the cards. If you'd asked me five years ago, no, it wasn't planned. <laughs> <laughs> Always got the need for speed. You got oil in the blood. So, how, so you started in go-karts. How far did you go in terms of racing as a young man? So I I was very fortunate. Um, I raced go karts for a long time. Uh, had some some you know that was around the the kart track when Graham Ray Hall was growing up yeah. and Danica Patrick and you know AJ Allmendinger, all these guys. Uh, you know Andy Lally and I had some awesome battles on the track back in the day, um, and ended up becoming teammates and co-drivers in in IMSA, uh, the the Grand Am version of that uh, mm-hmm. years ago. So it's it's funny how this racing world is so small and how you can keep coming back to even 
guys from carding and, and, and you know re- reconnecting with them years later. Yeah, it, it is a great fraternity. So, so, you, so you go to college, uh, you get your engineering degree, and where was that from, by the way? Uh, that was from GMI, which is now Kettering, yeah. uh, up in Flint, Michigan, engineering school. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a great experience doing the, the co-op deal there. I recommend that to anybody yeah. who's looking to get into engineering. Is you, know, you work for three months, you go to school for three months, and then you come out with two and a half years of uh, work experience. So yeah, 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 great uh, local engineering fa- uh, uh, engineer factory. And, yeah, and then you, you go to work in the industry, and, and you work here for a while doing different stuff with uh, suppliers. Yeah, yeah, I worked in automotive for 10 years. I uh, worked for Lear and, and several other suppliers to, to the big three. And uh, I did that for about 10 years and then uh, started a publishing company, of all things, doing a, a car magazine and a motorcycle magazine. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Got to do some really cool stuff and, and see a lot of a lot of the inside of the industry, how it all works behind the scenes. And that was, that was really cool to see. And uh, eventually sold that and got back into racing and coaching and... And yeah, and then all of a sudden here we are with a shop and a race team and going at it. So. <laughs> and, and, and you moved to Atlanta, so the the cold weather uh, finally got to you. You had to uh, move south to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know I miss so much about Detroit. I mean, the Red Wings and and all the friends that I have here and just everything I built up over the years. But I gotta say, the weather's great down in Atlanta. <laughs> there are almost no potholes <laughs> to speak of. So. Um, you know, the, uh, one funny thing is that I grew up when 696 was just getting built, and I remember, you know, for about a month it was kind of unknown and, and nobody was on it, and <laughs> there was so many people going out doing high-speed runs at night. <laughs> that's uh, still happening, you know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's just with more traffic. Though, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, guys still pushing 100 on the uh, 696. Um so, uh, so then, and when you're with a publishing company here, before you before you get your race team, uh, you got back into racing then as an adult. Uh, how? Yeah, so it's it's kind of a a very complicated story, but I'll try to simplify it as much as possible. Did the go karts, uh, then went to Skip Arbor School, yeah. did that, ran their race series for a couple of years. Uh, did a couple races in uh, the Speed Vision Cup, which is basically the. the yesteryear's version of IMSA and uh, then ran out of money because, you know, when, yeah. you're, when you're working your way up, you're paying for all your rides. Right. So ran out of money doing that, went back to karting, um, then started racing in some SCCA club racing, won a couple championships, got some support from a manufacturer and uh, was able to get all the way up to uh, running the Rolex GT series. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you, yeah, you got back in serious. So, you, yeah, you were really really at the top end of the sport, so even before you got your own race team. Yeah, yeah, and it was you know, it's something that I always wanted to get back to um, if I ever did have a race team. And, again, it wasn't really a planned thing, but I was hoping that, you know, maybe someday I could get back into the, the IMSA ranks with my own team and do my own thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and an engineer, so uh, by default there's a bit of type A personality there. Um, and I knew that if I was going to get back into pro racing, I was going to kind of be on my own terms and be able to, kind of call the shots and, and run the show but and then as it turns out now that i've done that i've actually got a really good team uh with all the guys at atlanta speedworks and so i actually step back and let them run the show so. yeah yeah no it's it, you know it's, it's interesting here i mean guys who this is entry level uh racing uh but at a very competitive level and it is it's it's fascinating to see how involved 
Honda is. I mean, they're they're making they're taking cars out of England. They're taking they're sending them to Italy, where they're where they're being fully made uh, into race cars. And by the time they arrive at your shop in Atlanta, these things are ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Honda's done a great job with these cars. The the future of racing is really spec racing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of what's happening. What's happening at all levels of, of professional racing now. Um, you know, you buy a car, you don't build it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in a sense, it's taken a lot of the R and D responsibility away from the teams, which actually is a good thing because R and D is very expensive, and when each team is doing it individually, it costs a lot more. Yeah. So, so this really makes things a lot more democratic. You can get more people into racing this way because they know what the costs are going to be. Yeah, absolutely. It, it streamlines the costs quite a bit, and you know, you know that when you get a car from Honda. You can hit the start button and go out and be competitive right off the bat. You don't have to, you know, do a bunch of research or you just jump in and go. So it's it's great. Yeah. So so as you you uh, get one of these cars in your shop, I think these are these cars are pretty new. Are they new this year? Or new last year? They were new last year. Yeah. Um, these are new to us this year. We got them. We just started in the series this year. Um, you know, it takes took us about a week just because that's all the time we had. Uh, we got the cars pretty late in the game, and so we we had about a week to prep them. Get them ready to go. Put all the IMSA equipment in, and um, you know, we were competitive right out of the box. So it's it's, it's a testament to Honda and, and what they put together here. Yeah, I, I was uh, driving out on the track this morning in the, in the car, and uh, I've been a racer most of my life, starting go karts also. But uh, first time I've been in a front wheel drive race car. And you and I talked quite a bit about that as I got out of the car. Very different sensation. I sort of had to rewire my brain from from being a rear-wheel drive car uh, to a front-wheel drive car. But once you rewire that way, these things are really fast. You know, they don't. They don't. I, my 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 instinct when I got into this car was would be that it would it was going to push badly in in corners, and that's not the case. I mean, this this thing does not handle that much differently than a rear-wheel drive car. Yeah, it's, uh, it surprises a lot of people when they get in a front-wheel drive car that's set up well for the first time. Um, you know, these cars out of the box are very good. We've done a lot of work uh, with suspension and aero and uh, the differential, which is really about 75% of what makes a front-wheel drive car handle well. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've gone through all that since Daytona and, and really refined the setup on the car. Um, we went from good to really good, and, and I think we you know, have a pretty good package for the rest of the season, and we're kind of excited to to get out there and get at yeah so so as as a longtime racer yourself presumably in rear wheel drive cars uh, what, what did you find was the biggest uh, adaptation going from rear wheel to front wheel so it's there's there's several differences you really on a good front wheel drive car that's, that's set up well you don't have to drive it a whole lot different but there's some subtleties um, you know we have to get the car where it's got some oversteer on corner entry yeah. just to get it to point and then get to the apex so you'll tend to, to have a little bit of a slide on entry and if you can you know not take that slide out and not counter steer it and not panic you can just kind of put a little throttle down and put some weight to the rear settles the back down settles the the rear end down and, and you can start to accelerate off the corner so it's a little different in that regard um, but you get tremendous traction right because you have all the weight over the front wheels yeah yeah you have a lot of traction off the corner um, and we set up the differential so it doesn't push when you do go to power you just have to be a little patient when you're going to throttle and not just mash the gas down mm-hmm. especially with the turbo on these cars you know you got a little bit of lag and if once it kicks in it'll spin the front tires up unless you're being kind of gentle with the throttle. yeah 
so the uh, to, to buy one of these cars, hundred seventy thousand uh, dollars cut coming in on the floor. Uh, but that's not the only way you could get into this kind of racing. You could buy a ride. So you guys, you got guys coming in and buying rides for about twenty five thousand dollar dollars a race. I mean, what do you see out there in that in that, in that kind of market? Or do you have a lot of guys lined up? Uh, ready to pay that kind of money? So that, you know, that's kind of the the secret of all this pro racing that everybody's doing is, you know, if, if you have the means to afford it, you can get out there and you can go racing. And uh, you can learn a lot from, you know, the seasoned veterans that are out there and they can kind of guide you and coach you along the way and, and help you be successful. Yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of young kids that come in at this level? There are. There's a handful, yeah, um, up-and-comers, you know, mm-hmm kids that you'll see you know starting to you know move up to the move up to higher levels of racing and uh you know we we have it's our program is essentially a customer program um myself and my co-driver brian henderson um we're partnered together and and, you know working on his racing career he's got a a promising career ahead of him Mm -hmm. and we've got our second tcr car that is available you know for anybody to come in and and race at any of the upcoming events and at a corporate level you've, you've got honda uh, that is that's burnishing its brand with these kind of cars. They're an Indy car. They're they're you know the Acura level. They're running <laughs> these extraordinary uh, machines out of the Penske shop. So uh, in in terms of interacting with um, with Honda, how do you how how do you help them? Um, obviously, winning helps. But uh, what's your conversation with Honda? How do you make them better from an engineering standpoint? Well, the it's, it's kind of a loaded question. I mean, we don't have a lot of leeway in engineering the cars per se, but there's a lot of feedback um, to Honda from from all the teams, not just mm-hmm. us, um, about things you know things that we can you know improve for the next race or or for the next generation of the car, for that matter. So some of that trickles back uphill, and we say, hey, you know, maybe we can do something different with. You know, I'll make it up. You know, lug nuts or something uh-huh. like that. There's, there's just so many parts on the car that, you know, if you start to optimize everything, the price goes up. But you know, as you as you work those into future iterations of the car, uh, it's not that expensive to do. So. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're ultimately they're communicating with so many people uh, who are on the edge of the envelope that they'll benefit. They'll get they'll get that uh, that expertise, and that'll make the next generation Civic better from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, and that'll that trickles down to the you know the public buying a, a Civic Type R or anything to drive on the street. It all it all adds up. Everything we're doing on the racetrack ends up you know some of that ends up back in the streetcars. So it's it's kind of neat to see. Yeah, well, Todd uh, Todd Lamb uh, with Atlanta Speedworks. Uh, thanks for joining us. You've, you, how many how many uh, you've done three races this year? Uh, and how many races will you do total? So we've got, we've done three. We've got seven more to go. We go to Watkins Glen. We go to Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, and we go to Lime Rock. That's our next three. Yeah. Good luck out there. Thank you so much. My 38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My 38, we are offering a great special, 100 spots for $600. This offer is for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Mike Z for more information at 248-357-4566, 248-357-4566, or email at M-I-K-E-Z at the wordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 100 spots for $600 with a must-air-within-30-day policy. And we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Mike Z at 248-357-4566 or email at M-I-K-E-Z at thewordnetwork.org. 
This excludes political ads. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesdays, Chicago Fire. Wednesdays, Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. The 19 a.m. live stream can now be seen on Apple TV, Roku, Chromecast, YouTube Red, iPhone, iPad, Android phone, Android tablet, Amazon Kindle Fire, any Windows phone. Watch us live at 910amsuperstation.com. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 a.m. Superstation. Having a good day at the office at Lime Rock Park, one of the premier racetracks in North America, and driving one of the premier sports cars in our industry, the Subaru BRZ, uh, co-manufactured with uh, Toyota. They do an 86, but uh, this really is in the meat and potatoes of Subaru's brand. Um, even, even though it's a rear-wheel drive car, it's got the, uh, it's got the low boxer engine. Uh, really exciting, fun little car. We're joined by uh, Michael Reddick, who is the car line planner, not only for BRZ, but also for WRX and Forrester. And uh, Michael... Uh, how do you like this car at Lime Rock? Uh, this is an amazing car, great track, very fast track, and uh, this is perfectly suited to uh, the BRZ strengths of boxer engine, low center of gravity, uh, low weight, and very nimble handling. You're, you're uh, speaking of low weight. You're, you're uh, you weigh a lot less than I do. I hope you've had a chance to do some laps in this car. Uh, not yet. I'm actually going to go out on this track. I've done laps in other tracks, but I'll go out on this track after uh, you guys get to experience it. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, it's a, it's a great track. I mean, one of the nice things about Lime Rock, too, is uh, they've upgraded this facility quite a bit uh, and, and added a, added a, an autocross track here in the infield. So we as media get to experience not only Lime Rock, the car on a full-blown uh, racetrack like Lime Rock, but I suspect most customers will be autocrossers. This is a natural autocross car. Yes, uh, so that is one of the uh, top motorsports that BRZ customers like to participate in, uh, is autocross. The, uh, you, you handle WRX uh, as well. Uh, how, how do customers approach these two cars? They're both performance cars. They both appeal uh, to a young uh, customer looking for an affordable way to get into competition. How do they approach WRX and BRZ? Uh, so uh, the customer's approach, uh, WRX is kind of the, uh, for, for sure, their daily driver. It needs to be able to uh, do everything that they might need to do, carry kids, passengers, lots of cargo, lots of luggage, that sort of thing, uh, but also be very fun on the way to their destination. And uh, BRZ is, is a car that the drive in and of itself, those customers are just looking for excitement uh, no matter what they're doing and just driving just for the purpose of driving. Yeah, I've got, I got two, uh, two fast kids, and they've looked at both cars. Um, it, yeah, it's interesting to see uh, how they gravitate toward BRZ, but they tend to be more WRX guys. So would the, the demographic maybe be more of a single? You're, you're more of a single uh, guy or gal if you're looking at a BRZ as opposed to a WRX? That, that is correct. That yeah. is correct. So once uh, responsibilities start to come in, like uh, like kids and, and that sort of thing, then uh, uh, BRZ kind of graduates into a WRX. Yeah. Well, we, we all love this uh, car. I think uh, this is one of the most popular cars 
uh, among uh, auto journalists, uh, not, not only because it's competition for the Mazda Miata, uh, which we all enjoy as well, but has a very different character than the Mazda Miata, but it's also affordable. I yes. mean, we, we get into so many expensive cars these days. I was just ch- testing a Porsche 911 GT3 at Road Atlanta, $200,000 car. Great, you know, great to experience, great to write about. Yes. But I don't know anybody who owns one. Yes. Whereas uh, this car is very accessible, uh, and, and that's a big part of its brand. Yes. So we want to make something that uh, is a sports car as pure as possible, uh, but we also want to make sure that it is accessible to uh, the average person, uh, whether it's their first car or their fifth car, uh, that it's something that, that anybody can get into. You've had this car in the market, I, since, uh, I think, since 2013. Um, a lot's happened in this industry in that time, uh, and yet here you are with a, with a second-generation car. So uh, clearly you guys feel that there's, that there's still a great market for entry-level sports cars. Yes, yeah, so uh, a testament to that is as we've uh, come towards the end of the outgoing generation, uh, we sold out of that car maybe five months too soon, so uh, uh, there's still a, a market and demand for this type of sports car, uh, and we're delivering it with the new generation. Uh, so, um, you know, eight, uh, seven, eight years later, since the introduction of the first one, uh, you're still on the, basically the same bones of this car, but you've made some major changes. Talk about that and why you felt these changes were necessary. Um, so. We uh, have taken the uh, outgoing vehicle and and started with that platform and really enhanced it. Uh, We've learned a lot from the Subaru Global Platform in uh, how to make a vehicle very rigid, how to make it handle better, and we applied uh, what we learned there to the BRZ, so uh, less welds and more um, uh, adhesive to the vehicle uh, to make the structure more rigid, um, uh, things like uh, tying the stabilizer bar to the body instead of to the subframe so that we could reduce body roll. Uh, so we've taken a lot of uh, what we've learned with our new global platform and applied it to this platform so it feels like an all-new uh, platform. Uh, uh, in, in terms of um, uh, electronics, how, how much has changed there? Uh, so electronics, it's a, uh, I would say massively uh, with the uh, new technolo- uh, technology there. So additional uh, safety equipment like EyeSight, uh, new head unit, uh, new Starlink uh, telematics as well. So we've, we've taken a, a large leap forward, uh, new digital gauge cluster, a large leap forward with the uh, electronics in the vehicle. Uh, and I think, uh, again, just given the, the huge changes that have come in the industry in the last decade, uh, people expect that. I mean, if you come yes. into a Subaru B- yes. BRZ out here in farmland of Connecticut, you plug in your Apple CarPlay, how do I get to Lime Rock Park? Yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty natural. Although, but I, I think you guys, uh, you had that from the get-go with this car. Uh, we started with uh, a built-in embedded navigation on the vehicle and then transitioned later on to uh, offering uh, CarPlay and navigation. And, and with this vehicle, uh, because this customer is so young, it's one of the youngest sports car customers, uh, we are offering CarPlay and uh, an Android Auto and uh, using that for navigation. It's fascinating, too, that uh, you guys have hooked up with another manufacturer uh, to make this car, sounds like the marriage is working because uh, you're, you're producing a second-generation car. Uh, Mazda did that with Fiat uh, on their little uh, sports car. Um, what, what's that relationship like? I mean, that, that must be interesting to be working Toyota, big 
manufacturer, Subaru small manufacturer. Uh, how, how does that work? Uh, it works very well. Uh, we are both two very strong customers, or very strong uh, uh, companies, and we both know the customers very well, and we both have strengths in motorsports. Uh, so it was a natural fit for us to work with Toyota, and, and as you said, it's it's clearly gone well at, because there isn't a second generation. Uh, there's not a second generation of uh, Miata and, uh, and and Fiat Roadster, uh, but there is a second generation uh, BRZ in '86. So it's gone very well. Yeah. So, so talk about how you guys uh, split split duties. Who, who who takes responsibility for what in the partnership? Uh, so Toyota takes the lead uh, with the planning. So they took the lead with the planning for the vehicle and also with the interior and exterior design. Uh, they were the lead there, and uh, we were the lead with the actual engineering and then subsequently the manufacturing uh, of the vehicle. So there's a, a lot of super DNA, uh, obviously, with it being our platform and uh, using uh, our boxer engine. So uh, manufacturing and engineering uh, were our two leads. Uh, Toyota's getting a little crazy these days with uh, styling. I noticed this car has a has a ducktail in the yes. rear, which uh, reminds me of a of a Supra. Um, is is uh, I, I'm surprised at how conservative uh, the Toyota 86 is. Your all's general styling is more conservative, more timeless. But Toyota likes to do crazy things with with its Lexi and with its Toyota. Um, is is that a is that a challenge, or that's really their decision? Um, we worked together with uh, overall with design, even though they were taking the lead. And one of the main things that we wanted to do with this vehicle was keep uh, uh, the weight down as low as, as possible and also uh, remove anything from the vehicle that would uh, affect aerodynamics and that sort of thing and tie as much of the aerodynamics into the actual design of the vehicle. Uh, another big focus was to make sure the design felt timeless, uh, that it wasn't just a vehicle for this year or next year, uh, but uh, 10 years from now, someone could look at a BRZ and say, hey, that's a really good-looking car. Uh, so focusing on all of those things together uh, really came with a more uh, minimal but fully integrated design uh, that turned out to be uh, 86 and BRZ. So a little bit of a different approach, uh, but trying to keep the weight as low as possible and uh, clean up aerodynamics as much as possible uh, really led to uh, a no-frills design. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious your opinion. Uh, as, as I say, there, there's so much changing in this industry these days. There's a big trend toward uh, electrification. You guys, I think, have partnered with Toyota on electric uh, platform, too. Um, as, as you look at... Um, your portfolio, cars like the BRZ, where do you see the advantages of electrification going forward? Uh, the advantages of, of electrification going forward, obviously with electrification you get that instant torque uh, and then uh, maybe less, less of a concern for sports car fans is uh, the increased efficiency and fuel economy and that sort of thing. So uh, uh, it's something, electrification is obviously here now and it will be something we continue to look at going forward. Yeah. The, uh, in this, this specific car, I'm, I'm a Tesla uh, Model 3 performance owner. I like to take it to the track. It uh, has, a, has a very low center of gravity. In fact, Tesla boasts that uh, its center of gravity is almost as low as a <laughs> Subaru BRZ. Um, even with all those batteries in the bottom, they can't quite get to where you are. Uh, but, the, but the challenge uh, for electric cars is weight. Uh, you talked about uh, how important it is that this be a lightweight car. Uh, the Teslas 
as you add power, you add battery, you add weight, uh, that's got to be a real challenge. Uh, that is definitely uh, going to be a challenge, and uh, uh, luckily our uh, parent company comes from an aerospace engineering background, so uh, and still involved in, uh, in manufacturing uh, aspects of, of uh, commercial airplanes. Uh, so if there's a group that will be able to mitigate some of the challenges when it comes to weight, uh, uh, I, I think we'll be able to do it. Yeah. I, just to, uh, further on that point, you guys are the benchmark for lowest center of gravity uh, in the industry. I think Porsche just nipped you with the GT3. With one model. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still low, you're lower than the Boxster. Yes. You're lower than the... Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh food. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside a Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. 63. Balance of Nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had no energy for months and months and months. I had no energy, and I'm a very active person. And my husband was noticing that I was tired all the time, and I was slow at everything that I was doing. And I kept listening to the commercials, and, you know, you don't know if something's going to help you or not, but I decided this was something I was going to do. And lo and behold, in about four days after taking them, I was repotting plants. I was doing other things. My husband said to me, you seem to have more energy. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm telling you, nothing has ever made such a difference. So anyway, I'm very happy. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code RADIO5. Still low, you're lower than the Boxster? Yes. You're lower than the regular 911? Yes, and lower than the Cayman as well. So 
Uh, we've done a lot of hard work to make sure that we can keep our mass down, uh, even compared to some of the other Boxer engine equipped vehicles. Uh, so that's a, a kudos to our engineers for being able to deliver on that. Yeah, it's really impressive. Uh, looking broader to the other products uh, that, that you, you deal with, with the WRX, with the, the Forester, uh, same question there with, with electrification. Uh, you guys are a fascinating brand because you're not just a performance brand, you're a value brand. Yes. I mean, it, it matters to your customer that you can deliver them a sports car under $30,000, that you can deliver them a, a vehicle like the uh, Crosstrack at uh, $26,000. I mean, these are all-wheel drive, extremely affordable, capable vehicles. Uh, you guys, your, your customer seems to be uh, generally green demographically, but you get you guys have, have have not pushed into all electric and hybrid like some other manufacturers. Um, so you know that we do have. Uh, this is our second generation of an electrified uh, Crosstrek, uh, and then we have uh, the Solterra uh, EV that we have announced. That's right around the corner. So as you can imagine, uh, and with our partnership with Toyota, strong history of, of electrification, uh, that you'll see a ramp up of electrified vehicles into the future. Uh, but as of as of now, we start with. Uh, Crosstrek plug-in hybrid, and uh, we'll have Solterra uh, in the near future as well. Yeah, the, the Crosstrek uh, plug-in was a thirty-seven thousand dollar car, I think, about ten grand north of, uh, well, probably what, more like uh, seven grand north of a comparable gas engine Crosstrek. Is, is that the biggest challenge you guys see? Is is cost and maybe range for a Subaru customer? Uh, I think that's probably the biggest challenge for uh, any company that's electrifying. It, it obviously, uh, batteries cost a lot. Packaging the batteries costs a lot. Uh, developing uh, costs a lot. Uh, so uh, we're just like everybody else, working through uh, those packaging and cost constraints and uh, uh, working towards uh, the electric future that we've got it. Yeah, I, I would think, again, uh, my experience with the Tesla, uh, lovely car, tremendous metro car, uh, clearly inferior to a gas car when I go on trips. Yes. People take their Subarus yes. to the far corners yes. of the earth. Uh, I would expect that would be uh, that would be the biggest argument for a plug-in solution for you guys versus all electric. Uh, so that is uh, going to be a consideration, but uh, just rest assured, no matter what we're doing uh, with electric, uh, it'll be a Subaru first. So it will be able to uh, make it to the trail, it'll be able to make it on the favorite trails, it'll be able to be used for uh, the outdoor adventure that customers expect to be able to do with the, with the Subaru vehicle. Yeah. Well, Michael Reddick, uh, car, car line planner for the Subaru BRZ, really appreciate your uh, uh, joining us today and for hosting us out of here at Lime Rock. This is, a, this is a perfect BRZ spot. I'm super excited that you guys are able to come out here and uh, uh, experience the BRZ, and uh, uh, I hope that uh, you have a fantastic day. Yeah, yeah we're back to the track. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. My 38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My 38, we are offering a great special. 100 spots for $600. This offer is for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Mike Z for more information at 248-357-4566. 248-357-4566. Or email at M-I-K-E-Z at the word network.org. This excludes political ads. Now Superstation has the greatest thing. It's a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesdays, Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. This is why you work so hard to pay the mortgage. Because home is more than four walls and a roof. It's that porch swing on a summer night. It's pajamas with feet and everybody over for Sunday dinner. And that old stuffed chair in the living room you just can't get rid of. This is why you work a second job. This is why you learn to fix things yourself so you could save on repairs. Because home is your place, your memories, your family sleeping in their own beds at night. And that is why we want to help. We are making home affordable, a free government resource that can make paying the mortgage easier. And now even more options are available. Call 888-995-HOPE today. That's 888-995-HOPE. Or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Good night, Mama. This is why. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. 
heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching.